What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So today, we are going to talk about some Pfizer fuckery, and I have a clip from Dr. Paul Offit, who is a voting member of the FDA panel that approves vaccines. We are also going to cover Bill Gates' evil, and we're going to revisit the Las Vegas shooting. It's been five years, and I haven't heard any acceptable explanation from the quote-unquote authorities as to what happened. We are also going to cover the fact that Daddy Newsom's wife is now accusing Harvey Weinstein of rape, even though there has been claims that she was working for Weinstein to bribe Rose McGowan and the victims and or witnesses to drop their accusations. Suddenly she's a victim now, though. These accusations all went down around September of last year. Actress Rose McGowan said that California Governor Gavin Newsom's wife allegedly tried to broker a deal between McGowan and Harvey Weinstein's lawyers before news broke in 2017 of all of the sexual assault allegations that have been made against that piece of shit. Of course, Newsom's wife is saying it's a complete fabrication. Nothing about that is true. I mean, basically what McGowan is saying is that she got a phone call completely out of the blue from a woman whom she identified as Newsom's wife. Her name is Jennifer Siebel Newsom. According to McGowan, apparently Daddy Newsom's wife had contacted Rose McGowan to set up a meeting in Brentwood, California. And this was about six months before the New York Times published the investigative report about Weinstein being a fucking rapist. Rose said she wanted to meet me. She reached out to me. McGowan says she did go to the agreed-upon meeting location, but was creeped out and drove away after spotting Daddy Newsom's wife. Rose went on to claim that Newsom's wife told her she was reaching out on behalf of David Boys, a well-known lawyer whose clients included Weinstein. Rose said, quote, This woman, I don't know, some blonde lady with the last name of Newsom, cold calls me, and is like, David Boys wants to know what would it take to make you happy. So Rose McGowan ended up making this like Twitter post about the whole thing where she shared the supposed email from Daddy Newsom's wife. So I went on Twitter and a lot of the posts have been removed and it's actually kind of hard to find the information at all where Rose is like calling out Daddy Newsom's wife. But I think it's very strange that she's working for Harvey Weinstein, yet now, five years later, she's suddenly a rape victim. She's fucking slimy, and I don't trust a word she says. I guarantee you that the fumes from Daddy Newsom's hair gel has caused brain damage in this woman. They're all just slimy and shady as fuck, and Newsom and his wife definitely deserve each other. So now we're going to be moving on to that imbecile known as President Brandon. Apparently yesterday, the U.S. petitioned Saudi Arabia to delay OPEC's decision to cut production for a month. And President Brandon got denied. The Saudis went so far as to literally release a letter that they've rejected his quid pro quo demands. I actually posted the letter from the royals up on my Instagram account. And it's just basically saying that if they did what President Brandon wanted them to do, it would somehow severely affect their economy. So they said, no dice, motherfucker. We are not going to delay that shit. I don't know. There's a couple of points that are kind of fucked up on this. It just shows like how far America's standing has gone downhill in the last, oh, I don't know, fucking decade or so. Just a side note, they accused and impeached Trump for doing something similar in Ukraine. And I'm like 98% sure they're not going to pull any impeachment bullshit on Biden for doing the same shit. 
Now, since we're on the subject of Saudi Arabia, that actually kind of brings me to my next topic, the Las Vegas shooting. So it's been five years. I still have a lot of questions. I mean, why would a lone shooter need 10 rifles? And how could a flabby 60-year-old out-of-shape accountant haul a cache of assault weaponry and commit massacre of country music fans in mere minutes? The media agrees that Paddock was found dead, shot in his room, killed. Law enforcement claimed Paddock killed himself before the police entered. Why have they never released any unedited body cam footage? Where's the ballistics evidence? And then that brings me to the subject of Campos, who was a security guard that appeared on Ellen DeGeneres show and then fucking vanished into thin air. So I actually covered the Las Vegas shooting in a whole ass episode, and I just kind of presented all the different ideas and conspiracy theories that people have come up regarding the shooting. But I'm going to actually break down what I think happened. So buckle up, Chuck. I'm going to break down for you the reasons why I think the Vegas shooting was just a cover for an assassination attempt on the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, which then later on down the line would lead to the assassination of King Salman. October 1st, 2017, the top floors of Mandalay Bay, which isn't Mandalay Bay, but is Four Seasons. Now, we don't know for sure, but evidence kind of points to some Saudi royalty renting out the top floors of Mandalay Bay for the entire week. Now, we don't know this for sure, but my guess is Crown Prince Mohammed, because at that point, King Salman was in Russia. So the whole point, the end game on this, is to take out the crown prince and then kill King Salman. With the king and crown prince dead, guess who's next in line? The former deputy crown prince, Mukrin. Posing as a terrorist who wants to buy guns for some terrorist attack, they dupe the CIA or FBI to supply the guns to the death squad. The real plan is to climb the stairs right after the deal and kill the VIP in the floors above them. This is why the weapons cache was located on the 32nd floor. They would have only had to climb a few stairs or take the elevator up a little to start the killing. This is what went down that night. Paddock is a contact man to supply guns. He meets a couple of assassins ahead of time. So just remember this, the shooting started at 10.05 p.m. At this point, Paddock is thinking this is a gun deal. Only a few magazines are loaded. He merely wants to show the customers how to load the chamber. What he doesn't know is that the advance team was sent in to secure the floor, that all but one entry point to the floor would be barricaded. Now, this is crucial since the reason for the barricade is that once the assault starts, the assassins want to make sure to impede the authorities as much as possible from reaching the top floors. Now, the CIA or FBI, take your fucking pick, got wind of the assassination that was about to take place. Immediate action is taken to round up the assassins. Remember, we're talking about an army of assassins here. You can't kill a crown prince who's protected by 30 armed bodyguards by fucking, you know, one lone shooter on a grassy knoll. Now, what these assassins didn't know at the time was that the prince had disguised himself as a regular dude to go out and enjoy the nightlife in Vegas. He had slipped away from the Mandalay and was at the Tropicana playing some cards. As soon as the FBI or some of their alphabet motherfuckers learned of the assassination plot, they stormed the Tropicana and extracted the prince. Now, there used to be fucking straight up video of this happening, but of course it's been wiped from the internet. So basically they lead him out of the casino and escort him to the nearest helipad to be picked up. But on the way, they encounter some of the resistance from a few assassins. Hence the firefight at the airport. 
Eventually, he makes it to the chopper and is whisked away. This explains the flight radar reports you see all over the internet. Meanwhile, the FBI has gathered up as many of the assassins as they can. A few are armed with sidearms. They don't have rifles yet because their rendezvous with Paddock hasn't occurred yet. Hence, the random firefights at the various casinos that night. Now, there used to be fucking videos on the internet at different casinos, different areas of small arms firefights. But all of that has been wiped from the internet now. So at this point, the assassins already in Paddock's room get a call. They're told the prince is not in the suite above, that he's being escorted out of the Tropicana. They start panicking. If they get caught in this plot to assassinate the crown prince, not only are they dead, but their employer is dead as well. They come up with a plan. They will kill Paddock and start firing onto the crowd below. They're going to make him look like a crazy lone gunman. So they kill Paddock. They break a window. They pick up a rifle and start firing at the crowd below. After a couple of mags, they realize that the other mags aren't loaded. <laughs> Oopsie. So they start reloading as fast as possible. And this is why the average time between bursts of fire is over 40 seconds. One of them gets an idea. Hey, let me go to the other room and break that window and I'll shoot at the fuel tanks at a nearby airport. This will draw the police away from the Mandalay Bay and give us time to escape. So apparently they did try to blow up the tanks. It just wasn't successful. Now, at this time, Jesus Campos, who was like a security guard from Mandalay Bay, is knocking on the door. So they just unload on him. <laughs> That's why there's supposedly 200 shots through the door. Campos escapes a lethal shot and calls in security. So now at this point, the assassins are getting extremely nervous. They realize that someone in the hotel knows that someone is firing. They fire as much as they can, and they're kind of thinking as soon as this barrage is done, they're going to run. But the SWAT team starts knocking on the door. Well, fuck me. We're out of time now, assassins. So they basically just kind of realize they're screwed at this point. So one shoots himself. The second assassin isn't so sure. He doesn't want to die. So after 10 seconds of courage gathering, he shoots himself as well. The SWAT team bursts in and finds three bodies. They start asking questions. But because the FBI is already there, because remember they extracted the prince, they take over the scene. They quickly assess the situation and they realize the implications. They remove the two assassin bodies and take a picture of Paddock lying there and release it to 4chan to solidify their narrative. Now, why was Paddock made the patsy? Because if a failed Saudi assassination attempt was responsible for the deaths, if the FBI or CIA had supplied the guns that killed 58 innocent people, then two things would happen. One, we would demand that we go to war with Saudi Arabia. And two, whichever organization that Paddock worked for would be utterly dismantled. So now we have to fast forward one month. There was a missile that was intercepted by the Saudi military on November 3rd or 4th. This was probably the final effort by the anti-King Salman group. This was their last ditch effort to kill him. Or it was staged to give King Salman the excuse to round everyone up in retaliation of the assassination attempt. And what I'm talking about specifically is the Saudi Arabian purge which was the mass arrest of a number of prominent Saudi Arabian princes, government ministers, and business people in Saudi Arabia on November 4th, 2017. They made over 381 arrests between November 4th, 2017 and January 30th, 2019. During that initial raid, over 500 people were detained. Saudi Arabian banks froze more than 2,000 domestic accounts, 
as part of this quote unquote crackdown. So in my opinion, what I'm thinking that this whole thing is about is MBS fucking got word of what was going on with these assassination attempts and figured out who was behind them. And he acted by fucking arresting all their asses. Now, it's not like they were thrown in some dark ass dungeon. No, they were confined to the fucking Ritz Carlton in Saudi Arabia. It's all very, very suspicious timing. Maybe it's just one of those good old coinky dinks too. Now, of course, I'm not saying it had to have happened exactly like that. Just kind of generally like that. That's what I think went down. And I've been saying that since I started looking into it. Now, if you guys want to go down the rabbit hole on the Vegas shooting, you're going to have a very difficult time. I'd say like 80 to 90% of the information and videos that were on the internet originally have been completely wiped. Many of the survivors that had video suddenly died in close succession after the shooting. Like I'm talking about like dozens of them, you guys, like 30 something people that were witnesses or had video of the shooting happening, you know, died mysteriously or whatever, fucking taken out, however you want to put it. And then the FBI gets it down to a three page report and no fucking motive. We don't know what the motive is. Fed boys don't want to tell us. Fed boys don't know. So yeah, you guys, that is my whole theory on the Vegas shooting. It was about five years ago and we literally don't have any answers, but I don't know. The mainstream media never even fucking mentions it. Crickets. The one journalist that was actually still kind of investigating it was murdered a month ago in Vegas. So now there's nobody on the case, just as crazy conspiracy theorists. Back to the actual assassination part. About a week after all of this went down, two security guards at the Saudi palace killed a gunman that had opened fire at them before being shot dead. So these guys come up with fucking AKs and Molotov cocktails. They end up killing a couple of the royal security. Then they get killed themselves. Now wait, the plot thickens even further. A few weeks later, Jared Kushner took an unannounced trip to Saudi Arabia. The day he left is when that ballistic missile was intercepted over the capital where Kushner's flight was out of. Now check this out. The day he left is when the Saudi Arabian purge began. So it kind of ties in with like the fed boys on some level figured out or learned about this plot somehow. And Kushner then flew to Saudi Arabia to present evidence to the king. I mean, what seems more likely, some fucking old dude firing multiple guns at the same time or there being multiple shooters and just uh, total bullshit is presented to the public as to what actually happened. Now, if you want to know more about the other theories or just the shooting in general, I covered it maybe about like six to eight months ago. So you can go listen to that. The problem is, like I said earlier, so much stuff has been wiped from the internet. It's extremely hard to research. Now it's change of subject time. So a couple of months ago, I read an open letter to the unvaccinated, but the problem was no one knew who the author was. Well, I have now found out who wrote this letter, so I'm going to go ahead and read it again and give credit where credit is due. Letter begins... Even if I were fully vaccinated, I would admire the unvaccinated for standing up to the greatest pressure I have ever seen, including from spouses, parents, children, friends, colleagues, and doctors. People who have been capable of such personality, courage, and such critical ability undoubtedly embody the best of humanity. They're found everywhere, 
in all ages, levels of education, countries, and opinions. They are a particular kind. These are the soldiers that any army of light wishes to have in its ranks. They are the parents that every child wishes to have and the children that every parent dreams of having. They are beings above the average of their societies. They are the essence of the peoples who have built all cultures and conquered horizons. They are there by your side. They seem normal, but they're superheroes. They did what others could not do. They were the tree that withstood the hurricane of insults, discrimination, and social exclusion. And they did it because they thought they were alone, and they believed they were alone, excluded from their family's Christmas tables. They have never seen anything so cruel. They lost their jobs, let their careers sink, and had no more money. But they didn't care. They suffered immeasurable discrimination, betrayals, and humiliation, but they continued. Never before in humanity has there been such a casting. We now know who the resistors are on planet Earth. Women, men, old, young, rich, poor, of all races and all religions, the unvaccinated, the chosen ones of the invisible ark, the only ones who managed to resist when everything fell apart, collapsed. You've passed an unimaginable test that many of the toughest Marines, commandos, Green Berets, astronauts, and geniuses couldn't pass. You are made of the stuff of the greatest that have ever lived, those heroes born among ordinary men who shine in the dark. So, like I said, I had read that a couple months ago, but nobody at the time knew who the author was. Well, I found out it was actually French General Christian Blachon. It's a fucking beautiful letter, and I don't know why it took so long for us here in the States to fucking find out who the author was, but apparently this letter had circulated all over Europe for a couple of months before we even saw it over here. So like I said, I just wanted to give credit where credit is due. Now it's time to move on to Bill Gates' evil news. So the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has invested $200 million in digital ID surveillance system based on vaccine passports. Yeah, don't get it twisted for a second. These motherfuckers are not going to stop. So neither can we. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation recently pledged $1.27 billion towards the United Nations 2030 Agenda Goals, with $200 million going directly to aid in the creation of an invasive global digital ID system. According to a September 21st press release published on the Gates Foundation's website, the $200 million package will be used to create an infrastructure that, quote, encompasses tools such as interoperable payment systems, digital ID, data sharing systems, and civil registry database that purports to make countries more resilient to crises such as food shortages, public health threats, and climate change, as well as to aid in pandemic and economic recovery. Now, this fucking digital ID bullshit has the potential to trace, track, and surveil subjects and compile a complete record of all activity from the cradle to the grave. According to Corey Lynn, who is an investigative journalist who has continuously emphasized the need to oppose vaccine passports, explained on her blog that COVID-19 played a key role in the establishment of a global digital identity system in line with the 2030 Agenda goals by normalizing the idea of international ID system with the use of vaccine passports. She stated, quote, 
Simply put, the pandemic is to mandate an experimental gene therapy that the CDC likes to refer to as a vaccine. That vaccine is for purpose of getting everyone onto a vaccine ID passport. The passport is to force everyone into the new global social credit system. Lynn went on to say that the system is to bring the global population to full obedience as the globalists control everyone's access and spending to anything and everything in life. Through the use of the new central bank digital currency system, they are starting to build right now as we speak. So yeah, like I just said, they are not going to fucking stop. They're going to keep pushing ahead with this Agenda 2030 bullshit. So we can't stop fighting either. We have to dig in, hold the line, and push these motherfuckers back. Now that we're on the topic of these Kabobo vaccines, I'm going to play a clip from Dr. Paul Offit, who is a voting member of the FDA panel that approves vaccines. Just fucking get ready for this shit, you guys. The benefits of this vaccine outweigh the rest. I didn't see the benefits. We really need much better data, I think, before we move forward on this. And I can only hope that it's coming because I feel very strongly about my no vote there. In fact, the only reason I voted no was because hell no was not a choice. And and it just um, surprised me that we were willing to go forward with this with such scant evidence of benefit. I think the, the phrase that I used was uncomfortably scant. So you, you just sort of felt like the fix was in a little bit here. Maybe that's not the right phrase, but it was something that, that they wanted. And I felt like we were being led here and with, that, with, with a, a critical lack of information. Right now, they're saying that we should trust mouse data, and I don't think that should ever be true. I, I don't think you should ever ask tens of millions of people to get a vaccine based on mouse data. And there's no public data on that yet. What's more, for these fall booster shots, the FDA is not consulting with Dr. Offit and the rest of the Independent Vaccine Advisory Committee. The reason to consult us is because when you do that, when you you consult us, that's open to the public. So we'll get then all the data from the two companies, which then is available to the public. By not doing that, by simply saying we don't need that advice, what they're also saying is we're not going to be transparent about what we have to the American public. And I just think that's not fair. If you clearly have evidence of benefit, do the benefits of this vaccine outweigh the rest? I I didn't see the benefits. Now, I think he's 100% onto something. The FDA knows that if they consult this independent vaccine advisory board, they would have to provide documentation, studies, proof of what they're trying to sell. And they're not going to do that. They don't want the fucking public to know how terrible these jabs are. And, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard about it by now, but Pfizer finally fucking admitted that they never even tested to see if these vaccines would stop transmission. Don't you guys remember that the politicians and health advisors were all saying, do it for your grandma, get a shot and save your neighbor. They fucking, that was like their main fucking platform to convince millions of people to get injected with a totally experimental mRNA jab. It's fucking criminal is what it is. And none of these twats are ever going to be held accountable. I mean, maybe in like 50 years, they'll be in the history books for being fucking worse than Hitler, some of the most evil motherfuckers on the face of this planet. But they're protected. They're not going to get any of the comeuppance they need to get now. Now, I've kind of been on like a little France kick today. So here's one more story coming up out of France. French MP Jean Lasalle, who had four heart operations after the jab, He's saying that the fucking president, Macron, 
and most of the MPs aren't vaxxed. Surprise, surprise, right? Kind of makes you wonder what other world leaders aren't getting jabbed and forcing it on all of their citizens. I remember last year, Macron saying that he wanted to harass the unvaccinated and start shit with the unvaccinated. And he's not even vaccinated himself, according to Jean Lasselle. A few months ago, I was telling you guys about the World Economic Forum hiring what they call information warriors. They're basically, you know, just paid chills going out on the internet and they're being paid to present a certain narrative. Well, I have a little message for those motherfuckers. We know you're here to control narratives and agendas. We know that you are hired and assigned here to conduct damage control, to shape how people receive information, and to prevent people from connecting the dots. You do not want them to. You must know that we're never going away. This is never going to stop. The vast majority of conspiracy theorists are here to seek truth. While you came here on assignment, business, or contract hire to ponder at how much information is here, how it spreads, what studies can be done to control it, what tactics can be used to sway and manipulate it, and even stop it. Most of us, even those that were here far before the shills, are here on our own. We chose to be here. We do not come here on behalf of an organization or assignment. We are not chosen to be placed in a specific area and tasked with orders to deliver results, to fill a quota or change the outcome. Know this, we do not make a single dime. There is no billionaire or trillionaire on this planet that can stop this or us. There is no money that can make this situation go away. There is no government that can control it. We are tired of the blatant corruption behind politicians and world leaders. We are revolted by unchecked big business, absurd monopolies that rule everything and push insidious influences. We're disgusted by the food, water, and chemicals that are intentionally poisoning us all. We are horrified but unsafe and ineffective vaccines designed for an alternative malicious function. We are angry by injustice and the people in power who protect pedophiles and child sex trafficking. We are fed up of governments lying and covering up everything. This list can literally fucking go on forever. Just know that us conspiracy theorists are here to seek and find the truth. You are here to control that truth, to hide it, twist it, smear it, conceal it, shape it to what best fits your handler, employer, agency, or organization. And we fucking know this. We are people just like you. We are firefighters, law enforcement, garbage disposal, hazmat, soldiers, pilots, lawyers, doctors, students, fathers, mothers, daughters, and sons. The difference is we seek and want to stand by the truth against known evil. There will come a day when everyone will know the truth, what governments have done, what agencies have done, what businesses have done, which leaders sold out the entire human species. We will all know. Lies and cover-ups cannot be hidden forever. The truth will eventually come out. And that's dedicated to all those information wire shills. Check this out, guys. Large banks are basically like declaring war on anybody who is guilty of wrong think. Chase Bank has basically fired Kanye West. Bank of America then decided to cancel a popular conservative Twitter user by the name Cat Turds. Fucking hilarious account, by the way. But like I said, dude, these fucking banks and all of these politicians on big tech, they're fucking all in bed together. 
and they're coming after people's money. Fucking, we got PayPal saying they're going to fine people for misinformation. Now we've got two different banks canceling people's accounts. What the fuck kind of dystopian bullshit is going on? And where is it going to stop? This is just the beginning, you guys. Just wait. Mark my word. This is just the beginning. You guys, the fact checkers are so out of control. Why aren't they fact checking the government or all of these health authorities that straight up lied to us for years about their jabs? Why isn't that happening? Why are they going so hard against the people speaking out, trying to warn their fellow fucking human away from these jabs that are literally killing people? Everything is all ass backwards and it's going to come to a head sooner rather than later. And all I can say is I hope we're all ready for it. So you guys, that is about it for this week. Before I get out of here, I got to say what's up to our top three downloading states. They are California, Colorado, and Texas. And as far as our international downloaders, we have the usual suspects, Australia, the UK, Canada, and the Netherlands. What's up, you guys? Thank you so much for listening. If you want any of the documents I talk about or you have a rabbit hole I should look into, hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com and we'll see what we can do. So until next week, you guys, like I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.